0: There's there's certain um, passages in Scripture that um, I measure in tissues. Um, I'm going to try and read one of those. (laughs) Um, And it's usually all right because I'm up in my office by myself and you can just let yourself go. You know, the Bible talks about... um, Yeah, sometimes um, emotions are you know are uh, downplayed. (laughs) Don't show your emotions, all that sort of stuff, and and, uh, I've never really adhered to that (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, because the Bible does talk about holy emotions. so I'm going to speak about offering this morning. And, uh, and you know, if our offerings are motivated by our love and worship for Jesus Christ, and they are an act of worship, then it actually gets God's attention. And if it's anything outside that, don't bother. So I'm going to try and read this. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to try. Um, Luke chapter seven, if you've got your Bibles. Uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, Mrs. Jesus, asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. He can't speak, I just cry. Verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet, (laughs) hold it, Uh, with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head, the long hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And it says in other gospels, she is a prostitute. And Jesus answered and said to him, <coughs> Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. You know, if it's a really good idea if, if you've got words for people that you ask their permission first. Is it all right if I give you this word? Get people's permission. So Jesus said, I've got a word. And the Pharisee said, who who was Simon or Simeon, um, say it. Uh, Verse 41. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. So it's like the equivalent of $100,000 and $10,000. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave the more. And he said, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to... <laughs> Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but she this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is given, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> and those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. (laughs) Go in peace. In the Passion Translation, verse 47, it says, She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. And you know, in our... In our in our life, in our walk, <laughs> uh, in our humanity, sometimes we we judge sin. You know, this sins up here, and then there's these ones down here, and and you know, I'm 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 down here somewhere because I haven't done anything particularly wrong. <laughs> so you know, do, do do you understand that's a lack of understanding of the purity and and um majesty of god yeah. <laughs> cuz he's hitler and he's stalin and he's me yeah. <laughs> and jesus is over there somewhere <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do we understand that yeah, yeah. You know, when we understand that the expression of our, of, our, of our love to him would just go off the charts <laughs> because he is so good. And, you know, I think sometimes our, our gratitude can wane over time. If we've been a Christian a long time, our, our acknowledgement of where we've come from or the condition that we were in before we gave our heart to him <laughs> just sort of gets a little bit lost in the in the fog of time you know sometimes when i see somebody out there we all, we all, we all come across people and 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 you know they're not living their best life they're in a mess and it can be a really easy thing to look at somebody and, and, and judge them where they are. But how about how about when we when we see the things that we see, the lives that we see, how about we just look and say, <laughs> but for the grace of God, <laughs> there go I. So this lady, <laughs> she brought an offering. And you know, it was in that first song that we sang. You know, how precious are the feet of Jesus. And the scripture talks about that. And she must have got a revelation of that because that was, she was just concentrating on his feet. But that was an extravagant offering that she made. just you know, Just to be there. Um, knowing what people around her would have thought of her just to be there and to be giving what she was giving doing what she was doing but in verse 50 <clears throat> jesus said your faith has saved you go in peace it was in the last song that we say when he comes into the room peace <laughs> And that word means prosperity, quietness, rest, and set at one again. If you're looking at computer terms, <laughs> factory settings, get rid of all the rubbish, back to where it should be. You know, Paul in uh, in Philippians. He uh, obviously wrote to the Philippian church. And in the Passion Translation, um, this is verse 6, Paul says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Are there things that we could be worried about and can be worried about in, in our society? Sure, there's lots of stuff happening and a lot of it's not good and we can be focused in on that and we can be worried if if we allow that paul says don't be worried don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing be saturated in prayer throughout each day offering your faithful requests before god with overflowing gratitude <laughs> it's got to be part of our life <laughs> it's just got to be coming out of us tell him every detail of your life then God's wonderful peace, same, same word that Jesus spoke to this woman, go in peace. God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. That's a promise. That's a promise. As we roll all our load upon him, he rolls all himself upon us. And it's good it's a good it's a good deal <laughs> and it surpasses it surpasses human understanding yeah how can you how can you be how can you be at rest in this situation <laughs> god <laughs> god when we're at peace when we are when we live in that in that in that realm of god's peace we are actually positioned to receive, because faith is, is in operation as opposed to fear. Trust is in operation as opposed to worry. Those things can be blockers, the bad ones. the good ones are just a funnel. And Paul goes Paul continues on. Um, in chapter 4 of of Philippians Um, because the Philippian church was actually supporting Paul in his missionary work and um, you can read that i will just pick it up in verse 16 though Uh, Paul says for even in Thessalonica you sent aid to me once and again for my necessities not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound and am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a, sweet <laughs> a, sweet <laughs> a, sweet <laughs> a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Why? Because it was coming from the right attitude, right motive, right heart. And verse 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. God is not lacking. He has many resources. And God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. So, you can... you can. Answer these ones in your head. Do you love God? Are you grateful for His saving grace? Is your offering an act of worship? And if you were able to answer yes to those, your offering is an acceptable sacrifice a sweet-smelling aroma, and God will look after you and yours. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. If you do it the old-fashioned way, post box up on the table next to the communion cups. And we have online giving as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Lord, bless you.
2: I need my
3: communion. If you don't have your communion, now's a really good time to grab it. Sorry, I wasn't quite prepared to go right now. (laughs) Um, My communion message is in Hebrews chapter 10. Just a few verses I'm going to read out. They're kind of a bit all over the place, so sorry about that. Um, So I'm going to start in verse 5. So when Jesus the Messiah came into the world, he said, Since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I might offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to you, God, I'll be the one to go and do your will to, def- to fulfil all that is written of me in your word. And then he said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So, by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces the entire system with the new covenant. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus the Messiah. And then just skip down a bit to verse 14. And by his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. The Holy Spirit confirms this to us by this scripture, for the Lord says, afterwards I will give them this covenant. I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts. And then he says, I will not ever again remember their, lo- their sins and lawless deeds. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? Um... Yeah, I think I'll stop there. Um, So the sacrifice of Christ is an eternal covenant which does not need to be repeated. It's a once and for all event. This new covenant is unconditional and undeserved. It is the covenant of grace. We can do nothing to earn it. We simply accept and receive it by faith. We may often disappoint the Lord, yet he does not disown us because we are covered under the terms of this new covenant. So we can show God that we continually accept his new covenant by taking the bread and the cup at the Lord's table. They are signs that point to the reality of the sacrifice of our Saviour. Every time we observe the Lord's Supper, we renew our commitment as God's redeemed people. When God looks at us, he no longer sees our sins. They have been covered by the blood of Christ once and for all. So if you want to stand, you can, otherwise you can seat, whatever suits you. Let's just take the bread. Jesus, we thank you for fulfilling the new covenant. We thank you that your ultimate sacrifice was once and for all. I thank you that you freely gave your grace, give your grace, and that it cannot be earned. We thank you for your body which was broken for us, that we may be made whole. Let's eat. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your blood, which was freely poured to cover all our sins so that you no longer remember them. We thank you that it washes us clean and made a way for us to be connected to you. Let's drink. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Lord, we're just so grateful, so thankful that we can come together in that spirit of unity that you're producing in the house. That oneness of heart, oneness of purpose, Lord, we just thank you so much that you would choose to present yourself with us. We just thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you so much for every person in the house. Lord, help us to see one another through the eyes of your spirit, through the work of the cross, that finished work. Help us to see each other in that light, Lord, the glorious light that we can truly know what it is to be a member of the household of faith. You're so wonderful, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. I think what I enjoy most about this church. is the anticipation that I'm going to experience God in the house. The expectation that I'm going to experience God in the house. When I was driving here this morning, I was praying and the Holy Spirit asked me this question, very clearly in my mind. He said to me, what sort of church do you want to be in? I thought, wow, what sort of church do I want to be in? And... and, very quickly there was a flash of all sorts of different churches. Big churches. Churches with orchestras. Churches with choirs. Church, I, you know, what sort of church do you want to be in? And I said, Lord, I want to be in a church that loves Jesus. That's what I want that is my priority i want to be in a church that loves jesus and i meant that with all my heart and then when we were when we were singing these songs this morning about jesus i thought my goodness that was a setup And I was feeling like Tim in worship. Well, my goodness. And Caleb's not helping me one bit this morning. <laughs> He's gonna mess me up big time. But how about How about being in a church with people who love Jesus? Who are like this woman who knew she wasn't perfect? But she heard Jesus was in the house. Oh, I got something right then. People are going to be in the house because they heard Jesus was in the house. All right? This is what is going to be the draw card. This is what's going to fill the house with the glory. It's going to be people hearing about Jesus in the house. Jesus is going to fill you as a member of the house, people are going to see Christ in you. They want to go. They want to go. They're, they're going to want. They are. They're going to want to be where you're going to want to be because they want to be where Jesus is going to be because they know you want to be where Jesus wants to be. So they're going to be where you want to be. We're going to. We have um, words. Words are, words are coming all over the place, but. But, you know, to understand that I, I, I can be a, 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 a person who is totally in love with Jesus. Man. I've got several things that I, I could preach on. I've got a couple of things that I feel I, 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 I want to get there. I want to I get there. But boy, more important, or prior to, I should say, because it's just as important is that we understand why we are here. Yeah. Yeah. If, if those words had a... No, may have. May have come to you while you were coming, driving here this morning. What would you have said? See, it's interesting. that A couple of weeks ago when I spoke, when I was sitting there, I felt very strongly the question, what would Jesus say to you if he was standing in front of you? or well, what would you say to him? And I, I really feel like some of these questions are, are so important to our future in God that we need to get so, so established in that we know why we're here. Yeah. We're here... Number one, because of his mercy and his grace. And if we have a revelation of that, then that will cause a hunger within our hearts for more of him. When we were in worship, I was singing the songs, I was singing the spirit, but, but then I started, I started with everything in me saying, Lord, I want more of you. And Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you now. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how I'll ever preach if 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 uh, if that becomes too much more of a reality because I have trouble as it is when I begin to feel that 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 presence of God where it, it's like it's it's just so consuming that all I really want to do is sit down in that presence. I just want to absolutely soak in the presence of God. If you understand that this is what God has for us, to understand what it is to be overwhelmed, to be overwhelmed, to be over the point where we're in control, but to be overwhelmed by the Spirit of God where we are just totally pickled in the presence of the Spirit of God, where we're so unaffected by other things that may be going on, that his presence is supreme. That we're not thinking about what we're doing this afternoon. That's not the priority. We're here because we want everything Jesus has for us. And he's got some packages ready that he wants to to give out. He wants to share what he's got. He wants you to know how much he loves you. And it's it's not on 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 conditions of our merit or what we've done. It's just this overwhelming love that he has, that he wants to pour on us. That we get so overwhelmed in his presence that we understand the love of God. That we really understand. I mean, look, I I I I don't know whether I'll even get to what I was I was going to say, but that happens a lot lately. But I, 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 I want more than anything just to flow in the, the ways of the Spirit. See, that's, that's the heart of this church, whether you understand it or not. My father, when he got saved in the Salvation Army Church, he then moved into a Baptist church. He worked in children's ministry. He built a great children's ministry of, of Sunday school stuff. And... and, and And he heard something that was different to what he'd ever heard before. He he heard a man preaching who had a hunger to flow in the Spirit, to know what it was to, to move in the Spirit. To be in a church meeting where the run sheet is not controlling the service. Now you can have a run sheet and God may be able to work with it. I don't know. But the run sheets that I've seen seem to be running the church and I don't want to be in a church that's run by a run sheet. I want to know what it is. And this is what my father's cry was. To move with the Spirit of God. To have a life that is just flowing in the Spirit of God. And if we understand what it means to be so sensitive to the voice of Jesus that we hear what the Spirit is saying and when we learn to have an ear to hear what the Spirit saying what did Jesus say to the seven churches in the book of Revelation to him who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit is saying that is the message to the end time church he who has an ear do you have an ear to hear now God's giving you two of them but they're not the ones that are going to be doing the job you hear me with it but there's ears there's there's a there's a, there's a hearing in your heart. This is what God wants you to be preparing when you're coming to church. To be able to understand what is to flow in the Spirit is a heart preparation. We all need to know how to flow in the Spirit. When we begin to flow in the Spirit, we're going to experience the love of Jesus in this house and it's going to be such a draw card. It's going to be the thing that people want because the presence of God is overwhelming. And when we understand, understand how good God is and and what he's what he's got, Plan that we look, I I we have some things in store that are going to be overwhelming. They're going to be mind-boggling, they're going to be super abundant supply that's coming, and we're getting so very close to it. God is preparing his heart and his heart. God, well, he has prepared his heart and he's preparing our hearts to line up with his heart so he can share his heart with us because we had that alignment, we had that calibration, we had the heart that's in tune with God, that's hungry for what God wants to pour out. God is more hungry for you than what you understand. And he wants to pour his spirit in, in such a way that you have never, ever experienced before. Now, I've had some experiences in God. You've had some experiences, but they're going to pale and insignificance to the end time revelation that's coming for the church. We are going to move into something that is far greater than anything this earth has Ever seen, and that's why the enemy is so stirred up and fighting like he's he's he just he's pulling out all stops at the moment to try to destroy, to kill, steal, and ruin what God's trying to get set up and going to have. But the enemy has already been defeated at the cross, and we have to understand if we keep our eyes on Jesus, he's going to bring us into that place where we're walking by the Spirit, we're talking by the Spirit, we're living by the Spirit, we're in the flow of the spirit we're a people in tune with the spirit of god and in that realm in that river of god there is a flow that is supplying everything we need oh goodness me i was going to show you something and then we might get on to something else but what what tim was just um reading it was luke wasn't it, it was luke was it six seven i'll find it in a moment Yes, it was Luke 7. This is what hit me like a ton of bricks. Verse 50. Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Did she pray the sinner's prayer? Oh no, I'm going to heaven, I've prayed the sinner's prayer. Great, good place to be in, very good. If you've got Romans uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 working, that's great. That's a starting point. This woman here, she came and poured out her heart. And what did God do? What did Jesus say? (laughs) That is more than anyone else in this place has done. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to hear. See, the thing that I love about this church is there's such a hunger and a desire to flow with the Spirit of God. Whatever the Spirit wants to do, I have no clue what I'm going to be saying when I get up here sometimes. I just want the Spirit of God to begin to flow through so that he can touch the hearts of people in the house. It's so important that we receive what Jesus has for us so that we can be out there what he's called us to be so that you will be one who impacts the people that you are with with the presence of Jesus. And that is what is the most important thing that you'll ever ever do. And when you understand, it's not about how you, you, you study the Bible to get them saved. It's how you prepare your heart that they see Jesus. Your faith has saved you that expression of a heart of, Lord, I just want to worship you. I want to give you what I have. What can we possibly give to God except a heart of love? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I, I I really enjoy listening to a spirit breathed word that comes from an anointed preacher. I really, I really do I enjoy that. But often Often that can flatter a a satisfied, I'm right with God mindset, if you know what I mean. I, 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 I really, I mean, and we, we say oh, that, that was a great message. That was, that was excellent teaching. I learned so much. But there's more. Yeah. There's just more. There, there's there's that, that, that presence, that touch of God where the word actually moves you into a, an experiencing God moves you into a realm that creates a hunger where you are not satisfied with where you're at, but you know there's more. You want what God has for you, and, and that's why you, you, um, you, you, you are here in church. You're hungry for God. You expect, and, 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 and it would, would be very disappointing to me if you left the church... And you didn't feel that that God had touched your heart or ministered to you. But I can only do so much. Tim can only do so much. We we can only only help to to facilitate an environment, an atmosphere that that is conducive to, to receiving from God. But unless you have prepared your heart, you can come and go and come and go and come and go and stay the same. But we've, we've got to be growing. We've got to be knowing that there's more in God. And, and I'm not just a, a, a person who comes to church to, to, to be sure I'm going to get to heaven. That, that's really important. But my goodness, God wants us to experience the tangible of heaven here upon the earth. The realities of Jesus uh, expressing the Father's heart which is that of, of overwhelming love, a love that we cannot understand. I cannot understand why God is so loving and compassionate to some people. I cannot understand it. But then I want to know. I want to understand. I want, I want, I, I want to know. Lord, show me. There's so... I, I find... That I am, I am more hungry today than I was last week, and I thought I was hungry last week, and the week before I thought I was hungry. But my goodness, this is, a, this is, this is, this is, this is, um, oh, this is overwhelming. This, this really is. It's, just like I, I, I want so much. I'm greedy for the things of God. I really am. I'm like a kid in the lolly shop. I, I am beginning to see there are so many different things that I could be enjoying in God and, and, and I'm, I'm praying, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I want so much to be able to see what you want to show me. Um, and, I, and, I start, and I start praying, Lord, I want, it, I want you to show me this and I want you to show me... But then I'll, I'll bring it back a bit. I'll, I'll pull in the reins of, oh, Lord, just what you want to show me because sometimes we think we can handle more than we can and I, I just, Lord, I, I want it to be what you've prepared for me, to show me, to help me. And we need each other so much. That's why God's not going to give it all to one person. Yeah, yeah. Caleb's got some things I want. Tim's got some things I want. See, I, I know, I recognize what it is and I want it. I want so much to be able to glean everything i can from scripture from time in prayer from time in worship i want i'm 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 feeling that that lord i i i almost wish i was 40 again or 30 again or so i could i could you know i i i'm, I'm just i i want so much more from god i'm so hungry i am so thirsty for what god has can you understand my heart? This is what God wants to, to, to convey to you that the Spirit of God is so much desiring to share the more with you and, and to, to create a hunger in your heart. Let's have a look somewhere. I, I want to, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about. Um, And I almost felt like Jesus was standing in the room and, 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 and wanting to communicate some things with people. And, and then I started talking about the well, the well of salvation. And so I just quickly, the well is supposed to become the river that flows out of you. That well of salvation is there. You're saved. You're going to heaven. But that's just the beginning. God wants that well to become more and more um, filled and flooded, filled and flooded, filled and flooded so that we're actually getting to the place where we're connected with the power of the Spirit and there's this flow of the Spirit that becomes a river and the river itself actually flows, the Scripture says, from the throne of God. In the book of Revelation, it says that that river, that water, that pure, crystal clear water flows from the throne of God. And Jesus, if he's on the throne of your heart, then that river will flow from you. So if you will ask yourself the question, is the river flowing? Do I know that there's an outlet? Have I I made room? Is there some area in my life, in my time, where the Holy Spirit can actually flow through me? That he can actually cause me to be able to share something that's going to be Christ-centered, now, it doesn't have to be scripture. It can be just the, the action of love motivated by your love for Jesus. See, that's what this woman did. She was motivated by the love of Jesus, and she came and she gave all. She was kissing his feet. She was pouring the oil She just loved him so much. All she wanted to do was give what she had to express her heart, and that's what should be happening when we're allowing the river to flow, which should be an expression of our heart of the love of God. It's just natural, naturally filled with the Spirit of God. That's why it's called supernatural. It's the super on your natural, but you have to put your natural out there so he can pour the super on. I, I um, there's a reason, there's a purpose, and it's, it's I want to I put this right. Sometimes we feel that if I put myself in that position, it's going to be very uncomfortable for me, and I'm not sure that I'm going to like being in that place. And that's the, the thing that holds us back a little bit. But the thing we don't understand is what God has prepared on the other side of it. There is such a, a release of the fulfillment of the word that we've received that it only becomes real in us when it's coming out of us. That's when we know it's real. When we actually start declaring or witnessing what the Spirit of God is actually doing in us and when that begins to to happen, we start to see the miraculous. We start to find out there are people out there who are so hungry for God, who have no idea that we have something that they're looking for. And unless we open up and allow ourselves to be used by the Spirit of God to just do something kind, do something nice to somebody and allow the Spirit of God to use that to touch their heart. At the end of the, the, the preaching, um, when I was talking about the well and the river, I had, I had no idea that a prophecy was coming out. And and sometimes when prophecy comes, I get a little bit of an inkling, a bit of a clue, but I had no clue that this was coming. And I, I listened to the prophecy and I, I transcribed it. And I want to mention it again this morning. If you haven't listened, you can listen to it on the, the, uh, the website. You can go and check all the sermons that are on there, the preaching, and listen to it. This was a prophecy right at the end. If you are hungry for the things of God and you cry out for the things of God, God is going to honor your cry. God is going to touch your heart. And the touch that God puts on you is going to overflow through the river. And remember that river is in you and God wants it to overflow. And there's going to be a flow from this house that's going to touch this city. It's going to be like the flood that was flowing from the creek this week. We are going to see the Holy Spirit begin to flow through this city and it's going to overflow the banks because the river flows through this city and each side are the trees of healing and they're going to touch this city. There's going to be healing flowing through this city. There's going to be a release of my spirit, and it's going to come through the house that honors me, says the Lord. I personally believe this move of the spirit that's coming very soon, is going to be more than any one house could ever contain. This is going to be a move of the Spirit through this city where there are going to be all the churches that honour the name of Jesus and truly want to flow with the river of God are going to be used by the Holy Spirit and they're going to touch this city in a way that God has promised for a long long time and it's coming and God is preparing hearts in this church and in other church who are ready to hear what the Spirit is saying so that we can begin to flow with the presence of God and we'll see a flow that's moving this way and it will also cause the flow this way this way, every way and which way that you can imagine. God is going to work a work of the Spirit. There's going to be a flow of the love of God that's going to touch the churches in this city and every member who's committed to the flow of God is going to understand what Jesus is asking them to And they're going to be those trees of righteousness planted by the rivers of living waters and the fruit of the trees is going to be going on and on and on. That fruit is continual because of the love of God. So then during the week, I'm thinking about this and I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to open up a little more on this. I want you to share a little more about this flow. So I'd like you to turn to the book of Ezekiel just before Daniel. Ezekiel 47. I have not read this chapter for quite some time. I did not know at the top of this chapter, my Bible says, the healing waters. I had no idea the prophecy that was coming out was going to be referring to healing waters. I hadn't been thinking about it. I hadn't been reading about it. So when God started showing me, I was a little bit shocked because everything was consistent with what God was saying and it's preparatory. He wants you to understand what he's preparing you for. And it says in verse 1, it's speaking about part of the vision that Ezekiel was having and what the Spirit of God was showing him, how far can the Spirit of God take you? How far are you prepared to yield to the Holy Spirit to allow him to show you things that you've never seen? Now, if you've been around for a while, you know for quite some time, my prayer has been, Lord, I want to see the things I've never seen. I want to hear the things I've never heard. And I want to go places I've never been. And I keep praying it and praying, to Holy Spirit, I want you to show me the things that I cannot see, that you've prepared for me, whatever it takes, whatever I have to do, help me to prepare my heart so that I can receive from what you're doing, what you're going to be showing, Lord. I want to be in the place. I don't want anything in me to block the flow. It says that he brought me back to the door of the temple or the house, and there was water flowing. Not stagnant, not dammed up. The well is supposed to become a river. You know what a pool of water is that's not flowing, don't you? It's called a dam. There's no flow. It's great to have that water like that well of salvation that's very important but that's a little dam isn't it? Unless it's got that that springing up within. But unfortunately there are a lot of dam Christians. and you know it and people out there know it because you've heard them say that damn Christian is nearly driving me nuts (laughs) true there are a lot of damn Christians out there they have no flow they have no life flowing they're just full But without the flow, they are still confined. They are still self-satisfied. They don't experience the flow. But here we have the river that's flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the front of the temple faced the east and that's talking about the presence of God coming from the east the water was flowing once again from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3 And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. And water came up to my ankles. So this person has an experience in the flow, in the river. They're actually experiencing that water that's flowing. But in reality, that person is up to their ankles. Who's in control? Ankle-deep Christians are still in control of everything they want to be doing. There's not much influence of that river flowing at ankle deep. Even if it was a torrent that was flowing so fast, if it's only up to your ankles, you're still in control. Again, verse 4, He measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, He measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, came up to my waist. See, there's an experience happening. I've spoken many times about God wanting you to understand the experiential knowledge of what God wants to bring you through. And notice each level, each time, each part, each depth. He brings you through. See, when we are saved, born again, that is our first step of faith. And faith comes first. But for faith, I was thinking about it what causes your faith to grow? We've got faith when we're saved, when we're born again, we all have faith. We have that measure of faith that's given to us from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So hearing the Word can grow your faith. Praying in the Spirit, praying in English, praying, spending time with God, that can grow your faith. Worship can grow your faith. But it all gets back to trust. These steps of faith require trust. Now you might think, well that's obvious. Well, yes it is, but there's a lot of Christians who are only ankle deep in their trust. I love God, I've given my heart to Jesus, I've got faith in God, and my trust in God is obvious, isn't it? I'm standing in the water. But At that level, at that experience, even up to my knees, well, I've gone even further. I'm growing up in God. I'm a real spiritual dynamo now. I'm up to my knees. I I read my Bible every day. I do so much for God that it's obvious I'm in the water. But up to there, I can still go wherever I want to go, still walk wherever I want to walk. Even up to my waist, I can keep walking through the water. But each level is another step of faith that requires trust. Trust is different to faith. Faith comes first, but trust is the point where now I'm going to rely on him. Trust comes with your faith, but It's an experience that grows when we begin to step out in God and my trust is then honoured and he brings me through because I trust him. It's because I trust him, because I've had that experience of ankle deep, okay, I think God will bring me through, I'll go a little bit more in God. I'll trust him a little more. Then it says, verse 5, Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to take each one of us In the river of God, in our experience of God, in our trust level where I trust him with everything I have and I'm going to learn to rely on him for everything and flow with the Spirit. When you come to that point in the river of God, you're learning to flow with the spirit. That's where God wants to bring us in that river. In our experience of the water of God, he wants us to begin to flow with the spirit. Where I'm relying on him. My trust is now completely in his hands. I trust you, Lord. I Depend upon you, I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to move me wherever the waters flow. He said, Son of man, have you seen this? Can you see what God is wanting to bring you into? an ever-increasing level of experiential knowledge in your trusting him with everything you have. Where the Holy Spirit is the one who can take you with the flow of the Spirit wherever he says he wants you to go. I'm not relying on my own ability. I'm not relying on my own finances. I'm not relying on what I'm used to. I'm not relying on my own self confidence. I'm now at the point where I'm in the river that I have to know how to swim. God wants to teach you how to swim. A lot of Christians are afraid to trust him to that point. So they want to stay in the toddler's pool where they can splash around and get out whenever they want. I just want to splash around in the things of God. I just want to be where the Christians are because it's a nice feeling. But I want to be able to get out whenever I want to. If it's getting a little bit, you know... Things get a little bit too serious. I've still got other things I want to be doing. God wants to take you. Come on, let's go up to the next level, the next level, the next level. And then we get up to the waist and we start making some serious decisions. But once we make that decision and commit wholehearted trust and we say, Lord, that river is going to take me places maybe I don't think I can handle, maybe I don't think I want to go there, but I trust you. And then your faith will take you to places where Jesus has prepared for you. Verse 6, he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Have you heard this? Trust in the Lord to the the over-the-head flow. And he brought me back to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side and the other. What are we called? Trees of righteousness. Planted by the rivers of waters. That's what we are. The trees that have been planted by God. By the river bank. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not wither and its fruit shall not fail. More provision than you possibly could imagine. Let me read something to you in the book of Revelation. Chapter 22. Verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Here it is. It's the water of life. The life of God that is placed in you is the well experience, and he wants that well experience to begin to bubble up and overflow where you begin to flow with the things of God flowing in the Spirit, trusting him, going from one level to the next level to the next level. Lord, I trust you. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my finance. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my job. I trust you with my concerns. I trust you with everything. Everything I have, I completely trust in you, Lord. I'm over my head. I'm overwhelmed in the things of God, but I know he's going to bring me through because I have trust experience. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street, And on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." Are you getting it? Did you hear the prophecy? The healing that's going to flow from the river, the healing for the nations, it's God's plan. He's getting it ready. The nations are ready to have the flow of the Spirit of God. They've had the hell of the devil stuff and now they want the flow of the Spirit of God. They're going to have the healing by the church that knows what it is to flow with the Spirit of God if you will allow the Holy Spirit to bring you through. I trust you, Lord. I'll trust you a little more. I'll trust you a little more. It's the same message. Psalm 1. Verse 3, this man who's blessed of the Lord, who doesn't meditate in anything else but the Word of God, verse 3 it says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. That's where we want to be planted in the house of God where the river of God is flowing, where the trees of righteousness are going to be fed they're going to have fruit for every season, for every person they've got more fruit than they can possibly use so they're going to have that healing word they're going to know what it is to flow with the spirit and allow the angels to start backing up the word of God because they do his word and we're walking in obedience to the word of God then we're going to see the angelic moving on our behalf and the healing power of God is going to be your experience Holy Spirit Thank you. Thank you for the plan that you're revealing, the purpose that you're revealing. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to touch every heart this morning, to remind every person of what you've got planned, what you've got purposed. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm asking you to develop that trust in this house where there's such an honor of your word that will believe what you say and will step out in faith and experience the supernatural power of God. Lord, we want to be a house that's filled with the love of God, a house that just honors Jesus, a house that will just worship Jesus and pour out of what we have at the feet of Jesus and love to be in the presence of Jesus and see that healing power, that saving power, that resurrection power, that life-giving flow of the Spirit as we begin to yield our hearts and trust the Lord. Surely there will come a house of God that's going to be on that hill that the people are going to be streaming up to flowing in the things of God moving by the power of the flow of the spirit of God and there's going to be rejoicing in the house there's going to be angelic rejoicing in the house for the salvation of this city is now
0: It was a bit of a Selah moment, wasn't it? Mm. It seems to be that the more we avail ourselves so the the, the more room that we give God to, to work <laughs> the hungrier we get yeah. Yeah. the more space we give god the more he flows in <laughs> and the more we realize that there's more <laughs> so we can do something you know we're thinking i'm I'm not sure if i'm i'm all that hungry well we can do something about that because god responds to what we give him because he just multiplies it <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. I don't think I'm anointed for announcements. Well, I didn't volunteer. Um playgroup is on tomorrow, nine thirty down here. It's a lot of fun. Little people and bigger people. And it's a really good good feel. I drop in every now and again and and uh it's um it's lovely. So um Yep, nine thirty. And uh we have our prayer meeting on a Wednesday. Gosh, public holiday and, and, and everybody forgets the prayer meeting. <laughs> really. Well, not everybody, there was a few people here on Wednesday, but um, yeah, Wednesday prayer meeting, so uh, yeah, if you can, it's a real good time to seek God together, hallelujah. Now, um, Thursday morning at nine o'clock in the William Room, um, there's a school community prayer meeting. From nine till ten, where people are just gathering to pray for the school, specifically for the school, and uh, and that's a uh, that's a tremendous thing. And then Thursday night, uh, men's group is at Steve's place. It's oh, he was there um, <laughs> at uh, at uh, Grant Street in uh, in Longgully. And if any of the fellows, if you're not on signal. Okay, so we're using Signal to to we'll be to do our messages and stuff. Um, if you're not on Signal, see Caleb. Don't see me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then we can just throw out one message, and it goes to everybody, and we know that everybody's got the message if they look at Signal. Um, now on on Monday last. Uh, this Monday, just go on. Uh, w- there was a, a fundraising event down in Melbourne. just happened to be a golf day, and uh, Caleb and I were representing um, and really really, 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 really successful uh, at the end of the of the of the day. Um, peter Lusk, which a lot of peter 's been he- here before to speak but um, He said that one fundraising event has paid for three camps. So that's what paid for three camps mean paid for all the kids, paid for all the leaders, paid for all the staff, paid for all the... So Wilma said that's about $80,000 one day. (laughs) So I told you golf was good. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah, that's going to be an on. That's going to be ongoing. Um, Southern Cross kids. So um, that's really good. And there's some things that uh, we have done and uh, come up here. Mel. Oh. You can. That's
1: <sighs> Thank you. Um, so love what Jeff said this morning. Um, because that's where we were at with kids this week. So we had a kid's sleepover um, for the public holiday, so the Tuesday night and the Wednesday. And we had originally planned to go out to Bridgewater to the caravan park and stay out there with the kids. And, of course, the, the caravan park is fully flooded. And so Coral and I got together and said, well, if we were going there, why don't we do something for those people out there because they've been flooded... And so, um, you know, what Jeff was saying is once we have an experience, we can't hold that for ourselves anymore. And so, um, so amazing, all these young people made biscuits, we packed them all up, and they went out to Bridgewater, um, and through Blaze Aid, they've been delivered to families out in Bridgewater whose fences have been broken, houses are flooded, all of that kind of stuff. And um, do you know that sometimes God will allow us, we will, we will have a moment and we'll go, oh my gosh, we've had this encounter and something natural has come out of that. But other times we need to create space for that, like Jeff was saying. And so we were deliberate about that with those kids, that um, they're learning to serve our community. They're only little, but what a massive difference that would have made to families out there. And what just a tiny little seed got sown we, we have no idea what will come from that, but how amazing that those kids did it. Do you know I didn't hear once? We had 15 young people, yeah? Pretty young. I did not hear once from one of those young people, geez, I want to eat that biscuit. <laughs> or can't we eat them? Isn't that for me? 15 young people got it straight away. They were like, these people need this and we can do something Let's do it. So that was amazing. I wanted to share that with you. And they're back, so give them a clap. I just wanted to touch base with you as well. This week we had our first kids' breakfast for the school. So that was um, Friday just gone. Thank you so much to those of you who volunteered your time. Um, Many hands made very light work. It was amazing. We managed to feed 25, or thereabouts probably, Um, people for breakfast. And we were out of there by 10 past nine or something, which is amazing. Um, So, thank you so much for your assistance to do that. For those, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes in the last six months of people volunteering to get, working with children, we've all got that, the food handling and all of that stuff we've been doing to make these breakfasts and stuff like the sleepover happen. Um, So, it's all coming together. And we're now using all of that to serve our community, which is really amazing. That's where the fruit that Jeff's talked about is going to come from, I have no doubt.